So we focus only on residential. So a single family home being used to house somewhere between six and 16 seniors, depending on where you live in the country, 24 hour care, medication management, three meals a day. They're getting the same quality care that they would at a big box facility like a Brookdale or a Sunrise, but they get to stay in a home setting. Mm. So when I say single family, I don't mean a three bed, two bath. I know a lot of people jump to that. Yeah. But our homes in Phoenix, they're one's 11 bed, nine bath. Another one's a 10, 10. Another one's a nine, seven. And they wow. all house 10 residents. So they're big properties. They're big properties, luxury properties and nice upscale settings. Mm, okay. So I guess like what got you into assisted living? Yeah, actually, my grandma fell sick and my family was like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, we don't want to put her into a facility and nobody can really quit their job and take care of her full time. So what is that next best step? And she was living in upstate New York at the time. And we searched and searched and searched for something suitable for her. And honestly, I didn't want to leave my goldfish at these places, let alone (laughs) my grandma, right? They were terrible. They smelled bad. The care was bad. The food was bad. And it was like, we can't give her this towards Mm -hmm. the end of life. We need to give her the best of the best. Mm. We went back to Arizona where we lived at the time and figured, hey, there's a lot of old people here. We're probably going to find better options. And we kind of stumbled into residential assisted living. My dad did quick math and he's like, wait, we're going to pay five grand a month for her to live in the home or we could own the real estate, own the business cash flow, 10 grand a month and she could live for free. We're buying this Mm. without knowing anything about it. We bought the real estate and the business got in and kind of learned through lots of scrapes and bruises what to do, what not to do. And my grandmother passed before we could move her in, Mm -hmm. but it really started this Uh, whole inspiration for us caring for seniors and providing better options. So you have five businesses, right? Yes. What are the five? So residential assisted living Academy, which is where we teach and train the residential assisted living national association, which is the only association that represents all 30,000 of these care homes across the country. Mm. The residential assisted living national convention, which is the only big, huge convention for all these smaller care homeowners. There's no events or no representation legally for us. So we had to create that. We have Pitch Masters Academy, which teaches and trains people how to pitch to raise capital and Recovery Housing Academy, which teaches people how to open shared homes, whether it's for um, developmentally disabled kids, sober, mm. clean living, what battered women, foster kids who've aged out of the system, whatever the case may be. Okay. So which which one makes more money, like the assisted living or the uh, drug houses? Good question. Definitely the assisted living. Okay. They're living there longer. Average stay is about uh, two and a half years. Mm. And in a clean and sober home or a justice relief home, like let's say they're just getting out of prison, they need somewhere to stay to be able to put that, hey, I could hold down a spot for six months to mm. now go apply somewhere else. Got so it. it's kind, it's not like a halfway house, but it's just a place to get them on their feet, give them some dignity so that they can have time to go out and do what they need. But it's a lot shorter stays typically with recovery homes. Okay. Recovery homes. That's better. So what makes more money, the recovery home or the assisted living? Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm interested in the recovery home. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about it. (laughs) How, How, how does that work? That seems like it would be a lot of headache. 
It can be. It's not my favorite investment. I'll tell you that. We teach on it because when people come to us for senior housing, we noticed we're so niche that we start to get people outside of that realm. So we Mm -hmm. get a lot of people who say, hey, I've got a kid with autism and there's no training on how to open a home for developmentally disabled adults. And what am I going to do when I pass and my kid with autism is 40 years old and they can't care for themselves and they can't live alone. This is scary. It's scary. And (laughs) so they come to us and say like, hey, you're the only ones who's really teaching on any form of group homes. So we started the Impact Housing Company, which is basically all types of impact housing. So we started with residential assisted living. We've moved into recovery housing. And our next one that we want to really crack the code on how to make it work as an investor, but then we'll teach people how to do it is developmentally disabled. Mm. So right now we're relaunching Recovery Housing Academy. It launched in 2020 um, and we kind of pulled everything down, revamped it all, and we're about to relaunch in the fall. So it's pretty exciting because we get that plethora of people because we're so Uh, niche. How many recovery houses do you have? I don't have any. Uh, The people who do the training in our company, they own a couple and there's focus on veterans. Mm, Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess like before we get into how to start, like what yeah. are some of the struggles running an assistant living facility? Hmm. If you're going to be hands on, then people is the is the issue of every and any business. Right. Uh-huh. So whether that's the seniors, it's usually not. It's usually the families or the caregivers or whoever's involved in it. But I'm quite hands off. And that's really what we teach. So I don't have to deal too much with all the people. But the more hands on you are, I'm going to say people. You know what? Also, so I have these four plexes and they are literally the biggest pain in my ass in the world. Yeah. Like literally such a pain in my ass. Okay. And I'm like, maybe I could turn them into assisted living. Could you bust down the walls and make it one big house? Well, they're all in one building. So does it have to be where it's all open like that? It's preferred to be like one big luxury home. Think 300 to 500 square feet per resident. And they all want private bedrooms and private bathrooms for the most part. I mean, here in Vegas, they're paying over $5,000 a month to live in your home. And you're allowed to have 12 seniors here. So what? Yeah. So, so if I have a fourplex and I have four seniors, I should make 20K a month. You should. But again, that's I wouldn't necessarily when I when people come and say, but this duplex is perfect. I say reposition your assets so that you could go buy something that is perfect for this because uh, it, they're separated. They're in individual units. These seniors need 24 seven care. They have to have a caregiver there at all times. They need help toileting, showering, eating, getting up, you know, uh, all those different things. So you want one luxury home with multiple bedrooms, multiple bathrooms where everyone can live in a home setting, not home like a home setting. Got it. Do you ever share photos of what these look like? Oh, yeah. In our class, we actually take people on tours of our homes. We do virtual tours. We drive by the homes, but all the time on social media, like just maybe last month, I was in Minnesota visiting one of our students and we did like a massive tour on Instagram. So I'm always doing tours of them. Maybe we'll have like a pop up (laughs) now of like what 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 they look like. I'm trying to... When I'm thinking of a 11,000 square foot house, I'm thinking like of a massive... 
luxury property in like a gated community or something like that they are luxury properties they don't necessarily being in a gated community is actually not good because you have to think access i want people to be able to access it i want eyes on it and it doesn't need to be that big right law of diminishing return 300 to 500 square feet per resident so with 10 residents minimum of 3,000 square foot home upwards of 5,000 is very comfortable Got it. Okay. So it's big, but it's not so big. I mean, my personal home's 4,500 square feet and it's yeah. just me and my husband right yeah, now. So, yeah. and then do they have to be single fan, a uh, single story, single levels preferred. If you do have multiple level, like a lot of our East coast students, they're like, There's I can't no get around yeah. this. Right. You add in a chairlift, you add in an elevator and you make it work. Got it. Okay. And then how much does it normally cost to buy a property that big and then be able to remodel it to fit that business model. Yeah. There's four ways you could do this, right? So one lease a home to use for this. Oh, so, so there's you do arbitrage. Mm-hmm, okay. There's companies that will literally lease the home to you. It's already renovated. It's already ready to go. You might be paying more for the work that they did to get it up to standard, yeah. but you could lease, you can buy an existing, like I said earlier, there's 30,000 of these that exist across the country. That's and not a lot though, right? It's not a lot, but there's a, we're 1.3 million beds short. And the baby boomers aren't even here yet. So this is like, talk about opportunity. (laughs) This is one of the biggest opportunities our generation will ever have. This might be my break. I might not release this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, shut it off. Shut it off. (laughs) That's so funny. No, it's huge. It's huge, right? The silent generation is currently who's in assisted living. I think there's like 44 million of them. Silent living? Silent generation. That's what they're called, right? Mm. So that's like the 80 to 100 year olds right now. And then the boomers are that 50 to 80 range-ish. Don't Everyone don't kill me on the comments, okay? But the boomers aren't in assisted living yet. But in the next 10 to 20 years, they will be. And there's 76 million of them. So almost twice as much. And we're currently 1.3 million beds short. So they're only projecting we're building about 50,000 beds per year. It's insane, the opportunity. Got it. Okay, so leasing, buying an existing, right? Second or third single family home that you convert. Fourth, land, build custom from the ground up. 